Good evening, good day, good morning. Welcome to X to the Zennial. Um, hi, Kat. How are you, Stella? I am good. I am good. We are both kind of low energy, a little tired. It's been kind of a crazy couple weeks for us. Yeah. Just a lot of change and moving parts and things are happening. All the things. Well, I just spent thanks. yesterday moving my That's parents. Crazy. Giant home. Right? Into another home. Okay. Holy Toledo. <laughs> I really honestly don't know what I'm going to do for butt toning exercises now that I don't live in a two-level home. I'm going to have to do squats. I mean that or you can find some stairs to use. I'll do squats. There you go. <laughs> do you, bro? Do you? Um, I actually did squats this morning. Yeah. So, we have had a lot of cool things happen. Yes. Um, we had over a thousand downloads um, at our last... Like, right after our last podcast, which was amazing. Thank you so much, listeners. That's amazing. We really appreciate you spending time with us at our podcast. Absolutely. And also, we are on iTunes. We are officially on iTunes. Absolutely. Um, you can also find uh, several of our podcasts on my website uh, at luna-x2-llc.com. Um, and so those, you don't have to have the pod bean. You can just listen to them there. Perfect. Um, but we had wanted to expand, right? That was yeah. our goal for our one year anniversary that we wanted to grow and expand our listenership. And we are doing that. Yes. So thank you so much to our listeners. Thank you so much to everyone who's shared it and liked it and continues to listen. Um, we were talking earlier about having guests. Mm -hmm. And people join us in our conversation, so that's exciting. Yes. We are moving forward very quickly with all of the things. Yep. Things are happening. Things are happening. They're all <laughs> moving and a shaking and a shifting and all the good stuff. Absolutely. Um, which is interesting because today I wanted to talk about um, kind of the difference between familiar and what is comfortable. Um, because we are moving and shaking and, and changing and doing stuff, um, there is an awareness that oftentimes human beings will gravitate towards something that is familiar. Right. Like even our attraction Absolutely. to other people uh -huh. is based upon familiarity of traits, either like our parents, our family, our friends, yep. or even ourselves. Yes. And so... Oftentimes, we do gravitate towards people that are familiar in that way. Right. Um, for good things and bad things, I think even in, in the partners that we choose, if we were to look at, um, you know, I went back and listened to some of our podcasts and I was listening to Toxic Types. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the other one. Toxic Types Yay. and then Vulnerability. Um, but we have talked about how you and I choose and have chosen partners based on that yep. familiarity or consistent experience. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not always a healthy thing. It, it can be and it can't be. Right. It can go ways. <laughs> well, and, and so, yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit more about that. I think that um, certainly if we grow up in a home and, and just in a very, like, general way, right, um, I like dishes outside of the sink. I do too. Right? And when you and I are working together in a kitchen or whatever, like we have meals together, both of us put the dishes on the outside. Yep. It does mildly annoy me when you put the dishes on the inside. It 
makes me weird when it happens. <laughs> I'm not right? gonna lie. Because then you have to take, oh my gosh, here I'm like having a meltdown about it. Just kidding, I'm not melting down. But you have to take all the dishes out of the sink to then rinse them. Right. Or you could stab yourself with a knife, which happened to me okay. in college. My roommate in college, this all stems from my roommate in college, yeah. would put all the dishes in the sink. And then he would add water. And mm. then soap. And uh, then he, quote, let them soak. The soaking process apparently takes two to four days. Oh, no. See, and that is exactly why I don't like it in the sink, because stagnant water grosses me out. Oh, it's disgusting. So Absolutely, 100%. This had been a few days, and I was like, okay, fine. I'll do your dishes, Chris. Whatever. Yeah. So I put my hand in. I start washing the dishes. I'm like, I got to get to the bottom of this pile. So sure. I'm like, dig in, dig in, dig in. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, that doesn't feel good. Right. The whole sink turns red. And I'm like, what is going on? I pull my hand out and there's a knife in my hand, stabbed in there, and I'm bleeding my own blood. What? Everywhere. And I just stared at it and I was like, okay, well, it's got to come out. So I pull it out and then just more blood, dish towels, emergency room visit. Shut up. All the things happened. And yeah, I I, I really get emotional. Yeah. Because of the trauma of that incident. Right. Of having the, the, when the dishes are in the sink. Fair. So scary to me. That's, well, yeah, scary, but also just gross. I was disgusting. Because I had to get a tetanus shot because the water was so dirty. Ew. (laughs) Insult to injury, tetanus shot on top of it. Well, not only that, but the way I grew up doing the dishes is you do, like, the glasses first. Yeah. And then the dishes, and then the silverware. Like, there's a very methodical process. process. Absolutely. Whereas, like, if you just throw all the shit in there and then put water, yeah, no. It's chaos! Well, it's gross. And your glasses don't get clean. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one of those things that is familiar. Yep. Right? And I think, um, you know, that's a very innocuous, like, example. But I also think that there's more challenging examples. Like, if you're used to chaos, for example. Um, Oldest of six, lots of humans. Invariably, somebody was always missing shoes. Like, chaos is very normal to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I've gotten better that I don't seek it out, but... It is something to consider that, you know, when I talk to clients and that their families are chaotic Mm -hmm. or there's always crisis or drama, um, when they get in a relationship, if their partner doesn't bring it, they bring it. Oh, like napalm the environment to create the chaos? Absolutely. Or are picking fights or are looking for that kind of chaos. Um, And so when we think about familiar, that isn't necessarily a value judgment, it's not good or bad, but it is something to be aware of if that's what we do. Right. And if we're doing it to the detriment of new relationships or new situations. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's also a difference in comfort, right? And so comfort, in general, that word is a positive thing. Right. I'm comfortable with someone... um, and I'm usually comfortable immediately. Like, I pee with the door open. That's just a thing I do. <laughs> nice. I don't even think that anybody knows that I am a human being. I, I just don't do things. And... You don't do bathroom things. No, I don't. That's fair. It's Although we've known each other for years. And <laughs> we've stayed in the same hotel room. I just got, got outed. I just got outed, everybody. On Kat is you, a human you being. You now know that I am a human being. human things. In the bathroom. Yes, this is true. <laughs> Um, but I, I mean, it's something that I'm just comfortable doing. I have gotten to the place where I let people know because if they're not comfortable,
that is something for them to consider, and I have to be aware of that right. in their environment. In my environment, there's the bathroom door just doesn't get used. <laughs> <laughs> um, but recognizing that when we are familiar with unhelpful behavior, mm-hmm. um, how does that work when we're trying to make changes or get out of it? Right. Well, you got to recognize this First off, like, isn't that a top-notch priority that this is bringing you some kind of discomfort? Sure. Or, you know, maladaptive behavior that's not helpful. Um, And I really do try to use the framework of helpful and not helpful. Right. um, Rather than really kind of saying, oh, that's bad or that's not a good thing for you, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, Because I think there's a gentleness and helpfulness, but it's also, I feel better when I do these things. It's more helpful when I do... Behavior that's good for me. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, so talk about kind of some of the things where you think about familiarity as a good thing and then familiarity as a bad thing. So familiar in a, as like in a partnership or in sure. work? Sure. I mean, whatever context. I'm going to talk about work. I okay. like things to be the way they are. Especially okay. when they're helpful. Absolutely. When they're good. Tell when things more. are positive. So yeah. I'm very much a... I don't have a problem with something until I identify that there's a problem or yeah. that there's chaos. So, like, I don't know. This is, that's tough. Yeah. Like, I, I'm just a creature of habit. I have a very familiar way in which I do a lot of things in uh-huh. my daily life. and Like in a very ritual kind yeah, of pattern way? Absolutely. And we've talked about this, like me yeah. making my bed. Mm-hmm. I'm still at it. Yeah. I now do it on the left side instead of the right, though. Okay. But exactly the same way. Okay. Because it's helpful to me. Mm-hmm. This is the steps to the process to have the success. It also manages the anxiety. So I can imagine, and I know for myself, if I don't have the my bedtime ritual, mm-hmm. I feel anxious. I feel off. Well, and then it's just hard to get a good night's sleep. It's Absolutely. hard to fall asleep. It's hard to do those things. So, yeah, I'm very, very much, very favorable favorable to the familiar. Yeah. So, right now, I am in the process of buying a home. Mm-hmm. I am in the process of just I'm moving my parents. Yep. I'm squatting with them for two and a half weeks till I close on my home. And I'm also in the process of making a career decision and a career change. Yep. So, I have a lot of unfamiliar happening right now. And a lot of uncertainty. Like, and even I'm, though you know that what you're going to is positive... It feels very discombobulated. It does. So I've noticed that because it is just, there's a lot more chaos, a lot more of my day is not going to plan, this has Mm -hmm. come up, this has come up. I've noticed that it's feeding into some maladaptive behaviors. Give me an example. Like, and a great example is I'm having to eat out. Okay. I have a a silk stomach. My stomach is just, it's just very tender. Right. It just doesn't like anything, except (laughs) eggs. She's just very gentle. I'm very dainty. Um... And so I'm having to eat out a lot, but then in trying to make like healthy eating decisions while eating out that are going to be good for my stomach, good for my body. Well, I'm not making those. Okay. I'm doing a very unhelpful behavior because I'm like, well, let's justify this out. Like I'm in the middle of all this chaos. What's it going to hurt if I eat this? Well, it hurts me and my body and I'm having reactions to it and I'm not feeling my top notch self. And I think that's why, again, I'm a little bit more low energy because it's starting to compound. Got you. But by the way, your skin looks amazing right Thank now. Thank you. Are you still doing the oils and stuff? I'm still doing the yeah, oil cleansing it looks and the spectra. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so 
I noticed it when we were sitting outside. I was like, you're just glowing. Like, your skin looks great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so some things you're being able to manage, but the other things like eating, and I know how sensitive your stomach is. Yeah. Like, if you're not eating well and the things that you're used to, that it's, is not good for you. No, it's not. But being without a refrigerator for, like, four days yeah. and then also being on, like, the protocol of, hey, we're moving, clean the fridge out, don't buy any new stuff, got to eat what's in there. Yeah. Yeah. Poor choices are being made. And... Those poor choices are being just I'm justifying the hell right. out of them, which I'm really great at, been really great at doing. <laughs> I have been. I'm like, well, moving calories and right. destroyed stomach lining doesn't count. It does, though. It does. Um, that's the bottom <laughs> but line. But the justifications. And then we do that, right? Like, mm -hmm. either to, again, bring ourselves a, a level of comfort and recognize... Right. Because you could have a lot of anxiety about all of the changes, especially right. because you are such a ritualistic, like, patterned habit person. Right. Um, when things are, are thrown off, yeah. then it's like, oh, fuck it. We're just going to throw off everything. Exactly. I'm like, throw the water out and the baby and the dog <laughs> and whatever throw else you want. Out. Just throw it all out, right. you know, with the bathwater. Yeah. And so, but I, I've been identifying, like, hey... And I just keep telling myself, once you close on your house, you'll get back in your routine. Once okay. you get back in your house, you'll get back in your routine. And so I've got like maybe two and a half more weeks of this, but I honestly don't think that my stomach lining can handle this any longer. Right. Because it's been about two and a half weeks and I, I'm feeling pretty poorly and, okay. and low energy and, and those things. I'm not having that. Just I'm just not having the energy. Okay. And so it's it's I think it's an emotional taxing and a physical taxing at play. And like I said, I can't wait to get back into the familiarity of my routine and having my own groove and all of that. Um, so, and yeah. I, I do want you to to recognize and and for you know our listeners, when you start to feel low energy, when you start to feel more anxious, when you start to feel depressed, mm -hmm. that is your indicator that hey, I need to make some changes or I need to go back to a regular routine of what makes me feel good, right? Exactly. And right now it's like I did the anxiety check. Yep. And went through the checklist. I'm like, wow, I'm not anxious. That's pretty crazy. Right. For me, that's sure. pretty crazy because I'm like a pretty high-wired person. And I was yeah. like, okay. Then I was like, am I depressed because I'm making it? I went through the depression checklist. I'm like, no, I'm not depressed. Good. Which is great. And I'm like, well, where am I then? I'm <laughs> in a place of just chaos. Right. And this will will be over. And I love that you're you're doing that self-talk of like, okay, let me check. Yeah, you have let to me check take in my with temperature, right, on what this is. Right. And then um, what do I need to do to take care of myself? I know that I'm feeling low energy. For me, I get like snappish or reactive. Mm -hmm. um, and so then I need to go, okay, where do I where do I make adjustments to get back to what is comfortable for me? Right. And, um, and then look at the patterns like, oh, this is familiar. I, I know that when I do these things, right. these other things happen, right? And right. so that's the idea of familiarity is really recognizing, oh, I know what this is. Right. Right. Uh, having that aha moment. Mm -hmm. and, and as you and I have talked a lot, we have evolved and changed over time. Um, as the individuals that we are, as the successful people that we are, yeah. to really be aware of what our patterns are in, you know, for example, toxic types or behavior right. that's not good for us. 
Should we do a Toxic Types Part 2? Oh my god, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was challenging enough. That was challenging <coughs> enough. But, I mean, maybe... I think it, it's it's definitely, you know, I, I talk about self-awareness a lot with clients because when they start to recognize what behaviors or what choices they're making, even though they're familiar, are they good for them? Right. right? And so if they're not... That's that introspection part. Mm-hmm. And so first you become aware of the behavior. Right. And then you start to recognize what works and what doesn't right. for how they want to be. Right. Because right? if the goal is health and wellness or right. more helpful behavior, then how do we get there? Right. And when do we start? Mm-hmm. Always on a Monday. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I, I love the idea of like starting new behavior on a Monday, um, especially like working out and doing whatever. Um, but somebody asked me this morning, as a matter of fact, if I had a morning ritual. Mm. And I love that question because I was like, I do, but it also depends on the day. Um, so on Mondays I go to the office, on Tuesday and Wednesday I work from home, and on podcast Wednesday, so we do our podcast usually on Tuesday, yep. and on Wednesday I like to go for a walk and listen to the podcast, mm. um, but Tuesday I like to get up, start laundry, um, I'll usually empty the dishwasher or make coffee depending on, you know, where I'm at, whatever, um, but I like to start my mornings using that time for myself. I love that. And so that becomes then my morning ritual, right? Right. So I'll, like, do social media for a little bit. Definitely once the alarm goes off at 7.30, I get up, um, start coffee or do whatever I'm going to do. Um, if I'm going to work out, I'll either hit the gym or go for a walk. Um, and I've gotten into this nice ritual, especially since I moved into the new place, mm -hmm. of doing a workout thing at least three days a week. I love that. Yeah, it's really awesome, and it makes it gives me a lot of energy for the day. Yeah, pumps you up for the day. See, that's Absolutely. one of the things that's missing in my rituals. And is you the gym. have since the gyms, yeah. yeah. And because of the restriction on the gyms, I've I've noticed. Yeah, that's it's been a challenge for me. Absolutely. And so again, I'm like, okay, must find a solution because this brings me happiness and joy, and it's part of my life. It also helps you manage your anxiety. It really does. Mm -hmm. So going through everything that I'm going through right now and not having the gym to deposit my energy, yep. I thought I'd be doing much worse, to be just very honest. Sure. I thought I'd be climbing up the walls, losing my mind, anxiety through the roof. Yeah. It's not happening. Good. Because I'm just mentally managing. That's so, right. which is fantastic, but I, I, I do need the gyms. <laughs> I <laughs> well, do. and I think, like, you know, like you said, once you move into the house, you can establish new rituals mm -hmm. and new patterns and routines that do make you comfortable. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about... Uh, relationship patterns and familiarity there. That's funny because I was just telling you about this. Right? So I do have a new partner mm -hmm. and I was just telling Stella before we started recording that my partner has some familiarity to me in the sense that he reminds me of my dad. Say more words. In some of his behaviors he just reminds me of his dad. Like he likes to be doing things. Sure. 
all the time. Like, yeah. new project. Like, right now it's building planter boxes in his backyard. And then it's going to be this. And then it's going to be that. And then he's going to buy a fixer-upper. And so it's yeah. very much like my dad. My a dad doer. is a doer. Like, yeah. oh, I want to go do this. And if there's nothing to do, I'm going to create something to do. Because sure. I need to be doing. Yeah. He reminds me of uh, my dad in the sense of their personalities are very, very similar. Like, I like to be around people. I like mm -hmm. to be surrounded by people. But I also am just going to watch the people. So that's actually something him and I have in common. Yeah. You know, where it's like, love to be around people, but I'm going to be quiet. And just kind of just be in the moment and observing and not part not participating in the talking portion. Right. Um, so, yeah, there's just nuances that are very... And these are starting to occur to me now mm -hmm. that we've been dating for a while. Um, and so, yeah, I, I like that. It's very familiar. Sure, but it's also comfortable. And it's very comfortable to me. Yeah. It's very and so nice. that's like a, a positive familiarity. Absolutely. 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 Um, there are certainly some behaviors that I've experienced in relationship, uh, both positive and negative in, in familiarity. I think when, when Bill and I first got married... Um, I was so not used to like the quiet because I grew up in a big family. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of chaos kind of constantly. Um, so when I first got married, it was very uncomfortable and I, I had a lot of really bad insomnia because of how, how quiet it was. Right. Um, and so that was very unfamiliar to me. Yeah. Um, and now I'm very, very used to it and I can spend a lot of time just in the quiet. Uh, I do like to have music playing or whatever, but even when I have my morning ritual, like, I don't say a lot. Mm -hmm. I also live by myself. If I said a lot, that'd be a little bit weird. <laughs> no, no. You're just externally processing. Right. This is what sure. I do. I externally <laughs> process. I don't talk to myself. I'm right. processing with myself. Out loud. Out loud. That's fair. Out of my... So my ears can hear. Fair enough. <laughs> um, also that, you know, there's certain behaviors... Um, with my last partner that were very familiar, but uncomfortable, right? So, Talk more about that. Um, my mom was a yeller. Okay. She is not actively a yeller. I don't know. I don't live with her anymore. But even like when I did live with her, when she lived with, with Bill and I, um, she didn't yell the way she used to, but it makes me very uncomfortable. And so, um, my last partner would like yell in traffic, um, and would get very passionate about the things he would talk about. Um, and I had to say more than once, like, I, it really makes me uncomfortable when you yell. Yeah. Um, and he's like, I'm not yelling. And I'm like, but you are. So it wasn't a well-received constructive feedback. No. And, and it, it, it got better, a little bit better over time. But certainly it was something that was familiar. Um, and I had a very um, triggered reaction to it. Um, that made me very, very uncomfortable. And so what I noticed over time in the relationship is I would just get really small and I would not, uh, react. So just like turn inward on mm -hmm. yourself Absolutely. and go to that safe space in your, in your place of your body where you could yeah. handle and manage that. Well, and, and so I'd stop speaking up and I'd stop engaging. They noticed, but also, you know, it took them a while to, to kind of manage that behavior. Mm -hmm. What I do notice is that sometimes when I pick a partner, um, you know, we talked about the toxic types and mine is emotionally unavailable. Mm -hmm. um, definitely grew up in a household where my dad was a great dad, but emotionally unavailable as a partner to my mom. Um, and he would check out, had no problem putting in headphones and, you know, 
not being engaged. And so that's what I was used to. Right. Um, especially from men. Right. And so that's part of why I would choose uh, that toxic type of someone not being emotionally engaged because that's what I was familiar with. Therefore, um, it felt like the comfortable. Well, I don't know if it felt comfortable. It felt normal. Okay. Right? Right. And so I think there is that distinction of just because something's familiar doesn't necessarily mean it's comfortable. Right. Sometimes it is. Right. But often, if you start to recognize patterns in that self-awareness of, oof, I know what this is, right? right? I know, and I don't like it, or I do. Um, just being aware of it and how do you address that if your needs are the same as they were with that familiar pattern of behavior, then that's fine. If your needs are now different because you've evolved and changed, right? then you can say, hey, I don't like it when this happens or I do like it when this happens, right? Right. Encourage that behavior that feels good, praise it all the good things. Absolutely. Discuss and talk hopefully openly and calmly about those things that are not comfortable. Absolutely. And I think we do change over time um, depending on the experiences that we have and and um, what we go through. And, and life is always about different things, right? Like, Absolutely. you know, curveballs and changes. And I mean, I think, you know, you talked about, especially now with like buying a house and all the things, a year ago you couldn't have pictured this. Absolutely not. Right, and Absolutely yet, not. here we are. This is present day. Right, and same. Like, I could not have imagined living in my own space and what that would look like and all the things, and yet, here we are. Yeah. Um, and I'm finding new practices and rituals and routines in this that are very comfortable for me. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, I also recognize that I'm not in a giant hurry to change this. Mm -hmm. So, the idea of, like, getting into a relationship with someone and, and including them or or adding that to what I've got going on right now seems a little not good. Yeah, not good like how? Well, just that I, I don't think, well, one, I'm not in a giant hurry to live with other people. Mm -hmm. And also, um, I, I, like, I like my bedtime ritual as well. Yeah. And I like going to sleep by myself and sleeping diagonally in the bed and, you know, watching TikTok before I fall asleep. If I could get a TikTok boyfriend, that would be cool. Yeah! <laughs> Hear that, podcasters? Right? But I think that that's, that's something to be aware of, you know, for, for people that are listening. If you are finding yourself in a very comfortable, consistent routine that works for you, yeah. um, you know, really evaluating if you're willing to change that. Yeah. Or if you add another dynamic, how that then evolves. Or how you maintain what the joy that you're bringing, and but it does, it's going to evolve because yep. you're throwing another, well, and you're throwing a human being factor in there. Sure, sure. Or, so. you know, some people are, um, you know, adding a child or... A pet. I'm uh -huh. struggling right now with the concept of adding a pet. Yeah. I kind of want to, but then I'm kind of not want to. Well, and, and then I kind of want to. You travel a lot and I you do. like to have the freedom of just coming and going, and if you added a pet, that adds a whole different level of like, how do I take care of it? What do I do? Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. The other thing we wanted to talk about is kind of the seasons of how life changes. And so we're hopefully we're getting ready to head into fall. Please, it can't come soon enough. I need cooler weather, please. <laughs> well, and even just like cozy weather. Yeah, sweaters, right? leggings, boots. Blankets, all the things. Um, but I think there's also seasons that happen in our lives. 
Um, and as we talk about this, like, growth and change for you and I, this is our season. That's the season. Our season of growth and change. And then things kind of calm down and settle and it feels really good and, you know, and then something will happen and it'll shift. There will be new people that come into your life. I remember when you started hanging out with, um... The United People. Yeah. And that was a whole shift in dynamic. That's great. Um, to add more people and more social engagements. and. I know. I'm so proud of myself. I'm so proud of you, too. I left my house and peopled. And I made really great friends. Absolutely. And that was amazing. Yeah. And you've met really cool um, people who have a lot of different experiences and personalities and... That's been a huge seasonal change for you. It's been huge. That social season of change for me was really big and really great. And Absolutely. It's definitely just a great process to go through. And yeah. Yeah, just amazing. And that's so fantastic to be able to do that and have that experience. I think the other thing that has kind of shifted our relationships dynamic is COVID, right? Absolutely. Um, because of the social distancing and, and isolation and all of those things... We haven't had the same experiences um, to be able to be as social or go out and do things. Um, I went out to a patio on Saturday, two of them actually, um, and it was very different to have those experiences. Uh, first, it was a restaurant that didn't normally have such a large patio, and it was one of those tent patios that people have accommodated which I love yeah I love that they're being very innovative yes this is forcing a lot of innovation and I like seeing that I don't like what we're going through I think that's really terrible pandemic is big deal but I like to see the innovation that is coming because it shows the resilience yes of individuals and that's just beautiful to watch people being like no I'm not going to succumb to what's happening I still want to live my life and do these things exactly yep and that is so fantastic. But we are going through this evolutionary season. And I think that's the other thing that happens with seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Is that um, they are periods of growth and change. And sometimes they feel very uh, tumultuous and stressful and challenging. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, with that resilience, with the adaptation, with the evolution then we can get back to a season of of kind of calm and consistency. And once the rituals, I mean, school, for example, is one of those really big ones that I'm hearing a lot about because I have so many clients that have children um, or grandchildren or they are educators and how challenging it is to adapt to this new way of doing things. It is. And it has been as being someone in the field of education right now, it's been exhausting. I'm waiting for my endurance, my technology. I'm calling it my technology endurance to kick in. I'm not a tech person, even though I'm our tech person for X to the Zennial. (laughs) Um, I'm not really a techie person. So learning the Google classroom, learning how to do the assessments Mm -hmm. through electronic formats, learning, just having that endurance to be behind the computer as much as I am has been a, a struggle. Kids are saying, you know, we have students that are saying, I'm bored, I'm tired, I miss my friends, I'm lonely. I, you know, and then not being able to be so present for them to yeah. help them and bring them resources to... To help them or to, you know, I can make recommendations to help soothe them, but I can't change anything for them. And that's really hard when you have a child 
you know, it, that's like, oh, I'm just not in a good place, and this Absolutely. is leading to a lot of depression. That's it's very, very hard. So that's also, too, in my role and what I do has always been so positive uh -huh. and so uplifting. You know, what do you want to be when you grow up? This is what we got to do to get you there. This is your next steps, and this is your next steps, and I'm leveling them up. That's yeah. all my job is, and yeah. it's so beautiful because I'm leveling up these tiny humans to get them ready to march into their future and be confident in that and now it's it's a lot of emotional work on this on this depression and i'm mm -hmm. anxious and you know my parents are leaving me home right. because i am the oldest child with five other kids and i have to help my siblings right. all day with their online schooling and i'm not able to do my schooling so it's there's a lot going well, on and so much of it is unfamiliar right it's mm -hmm. new territory that we haven't had to do in the past. Mm -hmm. And it is very jarring and and feels uncomfortable. Absolutely. But I am seeing that people are learning how to adjust and adapt. Mm -hmm. um, even in my work, like doing video sessions, I've had so many clients that are like, when are you gonna start seeing people in person? And I really have decided that for right now, um, it's just not safe. Right. And because I have so many different clients of different age groups and different levels of health and all the things, yeah. it's just not uh, feasible to have uh, sessions in person. Right. Um, and also having sessions with a mask is challenging. Yes. And I'm not in a giant hurry to do that. No. So, um, you know, it, it is one of the things, and, and like I said, the season of, of change and evolution and adapting and all the things is what's happening now. And then we will get used to a lot of this or not um, with all the things that are happening worldwide and certainly politically here. Like there's so much change that's still coming. Yeah. Right. And yep. we are learning how to adapt to it. Mm -hmm. um, I've had so many clients and I'm so proud of them who have gotten off of social media because it's just not a good environment. Right. It used to be familiar and comforting to be on social media, to engage with people that they know or whatever, and it was not as anxiety producing and toxic and, you know, kind of um, just... Jarring? Right. Um, but, like, venomous. Mm. I mean, I think that there's there's a lot going on, right? And, yeah. and some people thrive in that environment and other people do not. Right. Um, and so I'm really proud of clients that are like, I'm going to take a break from that or I'm just not going to engage in that way. That's awesome. It's really helpful. It's that self-reflection. It's that uh -huh. self-identification. Is this helpful or is this unhelpful to me? Right. And right now this is not helpful to me. It's bringing these awful feelings in me. I'm going to self-care my shit out and I'm yep. going to step away from it because it'll always be there. You can step back into it. Absolutely. That's and awesome. that's... That is, it's helpful to be able to even recognize that you can regulate that. Yeah. Nothing is that you have to do it all the time. Right. You know, I don't watch the news for that reason. Right. I still find out about things. I'm not thrilled about that, but I, you know, I, I also like to be informed. Right. So, um, I do love, uh, again, getting, being able to pick and choose what I engage with. Yeah. Um, and then not and not engage with, right? Right. And so I think in, in helping clients, that helps. That's one of our powers that mm -hmm. we all have is being selective. Discernment. Exactly. 
Yep. We all have that power and authority in ourselves. We just have to identify that we do. Yeah. And then proceed forward. It's awesome. Absolutely. Because really we can't control it. anything. Yeah. You can't I control mean, it, but you can identify what's serving you and what's not serving you. And that that's where you do have some control and power. Exactly. That's where you do get to say, I'm going to take a step back from this, or I'm going to engage in this further to see how it feels. But recognizing just because it's familiar doesn't necessarily mean it's good. Exactly. And there are some things that are comfortable that also may not be good for you. Give me a good example. Uh, so like in a metaphorical example, like running shoes, for example, like you should probably get a new set of running shoes, especially if you're walking or exercising in them regularly, probably once every year. Yeah. Um, because there's patterns in how you walk and all the things. Even though they're comfortable, they're not actually serving the best purpose for you. Yeah, your arch support's falling. Absolutely. Um, and when I have to break in a new pair of running shoes, I always invariably get a pretty significant blister, and then it calluses over, and then it's fine. Uh, mostly because I wear a spot in the shoe that then becomes, it adapts to my foot, right? Right. Um, but I think in, in certain patterns, especially familial patterns, mm -hmm. um, so like the yelling thing, right. um, I am not used to that anymore, even though it is something that I am familiar with. Right. Um, and I, not that I'm comfortable in a positive way, but it's like something I'm used to. Right. Um, I'm not used to it anymore. Right. And I don't like it. I don't tolerate it well. And so I don't engage with it. Right. Um, before I would just shut down because that's how I could control me, I right. control the situation. Now I'm just like, I don't want that. And you just verbalize it. Yeah, I just don't, I'm not gonna deal with that. If, if you're having a rough time or whatever, then I'm just gonna go. Right. Um, and it, especially with our families, um, you know, we put, a, we put up with, especially when we're young and, and teenagers and still living at home, whatever, um, we put up with things because we feel like we don't have a choice. Right. Or we don't have a choice. You don't, yeah. Um, but when you're an adult and you start to recognize those familiar patterns in the partners you choose and the friendships you have, right. that's where you actually get to choose. Yeah. Is this something that you want to continue to have? A lot of my clients, and I talk a lot about how even though someone has a familial role, mm -hmm. like a title, mm -hmm. mom, dad, sister, brother, whatever, Really looking at that human and going, is this someone you would be friends with if they didn't have that title or role? Ooh. And if, if they're not someone that you would be engaged with, if you just met them on the street, you actually have the right to either separate yeah. or not engage with them consistently. If you aren't financially or physically reliant on that person, right. you don't have to have relationship with them. Absolutely. Just because they have a roller title. Mm-hmm. It's like my biological father. Okay. I have not spoken to him since I was 21 years old. Yep. I'm 37. That's a long time. That is a long time. It's like almost half my life right there. Because I made that decision when I was 21 after a very awful conversation. Yeah. And I said, this is not someone that I want to be in my life. Yeah. The end. Period. That, exactly. That was that was that. And I can imagine you felt a lot better oh, yeah. after you made that decision. Absolutely. Did you have any residual guilt or um, any other feelings? No. Sometimes they'll come up like, well, if he passes away, sure, would you be okay 
with the fact that you never knew him, mm-hmm. really, because I didn't, yeah. and I don't, um, would you be okay with that? And I'm very at peace with that. I do do a check-in. Yep, good. And I do do a check-in every now and again, mm-hmm. just to see where I'm at. Yeah. Because a phone exists, and if I wanted to, I could call him up, because I still have the phone number memorized. But the other thing is, he could also reach out to you, and he doesn't. Exactly. And that's your kind of uh, validation or, or acknowledgement that it was not a good relationship. Right. And and sometimes people do reach out again. Right. And then you also get to evaluate it then, where you're like, if you hear from a friend you hadn't, or like a friend breakup or someone that you hadn't talked to in a while, and they pop back up in your life. A la me too. Right. This is, I'm going through that right now. We okay. were talking about that earlier. And I had to say, is this a relationship that I care to engage in once again? Yeah. I don't think so. Well, and you've, you've grown and evolved since the ending of that relationship. Absolutely. And so if they don't fit in your life the way it is today, right? then do you need to have that? No. Well, there you go. There's the answers. Yeah. It's kind of awesome. It's kind of amazing. Right? And so I want to wrap it up just by saying, like, that self-reflection and awareness, and we change over time. We're supposed to. Yeah. Um, really kind of looking at, does this person or does this behavior fit in my life today? Just because it's familiar, just because there was a time it was comfortable, does it fit with and is it helpful for my life now? And then you get to choose. That's what you actually have control over, is that choice, right? Yeah. Um, and if you're behaving in a way... Because, you know, in in my household, yelling is normal and and being reactive is normal. Um, If that doesn't serve me anymore, then I don't have to continue doing it. Right. You can change that behavior. Absolutely. And I talk a lot about the things we can actually control are our choices and our behaviors. Yeah. And if those choices and behaviors no longer serve me or where I'm at right now, then I get to change them. Right, you best be considering a change. Right. And if they still work, then let's keep doing that. Right, absolutely. But nothing has to be set in stone. Right. Nothing has to be uh, stagnant and staying that same way forever. It doesn't have to be rigid. There yep. can be flexibility and like, a, I'm doing this thing with my hands. They're going yep. closer and wider. <laughs> um, and you can't see that. And, so. you, yeah, and you can't see that, but they can be forming in those ways. There's a dynamic yes. aspect to our lives and how we grow and change. Absolutely. And I think that if you can, if you are listeners and also me as a human, if I can recognize and look back and go, okay, over time, some behaviors have served me well. They're no longer beneficial to me now. Right. Um, some things didn't work out, and I give myself grace and forgiveness for the choices that I made then. Yep. And also, who do I want to be today? Right. And who do I want to be tomorrow? Awesome. Right? Because there's a fluidity to that. Yes. And recognizing, okay, some, some things work. I'm never going to be a dishes in the sink person. Because gross. I'm not even. Right? Because death to my hand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm also a dishwasher. Like, I use a dishwasher now, which I grew up washing the dishes even though we had a dishwasher. Um, was it just a drying rack? No, we didn't use it for anything, actually. Oh, okay. Some people use it for storage. We didn't do that either. Okay. Um, 
but now I use the dishwasher and I run it, you know, a couple times a week, um, which I love because then I can just rinse a dish and put it away. There it is. Put it in the dishwasher. Um, but I have changed and evolved over time. Yeah. And I give myself grace and I give myself forgiveness for things that I chose before that were not helpful to me. Awesome. And I think that's part of our humanity, mm -hmm. but also it gives me hope that I can continue to evolve. I love that. Because if I wake up every morning, thankfully, going, okay, cool, I've got another opportunity to do it well. Right. That is amazing, and that is a huge shift in being able to own my ability to change and to make better choices for myself. Absolutely. And I see that in clients. Like, that's the resilience we talk about. And there you go. Love it. That's our time. Thank you so much for listening to us. Check us out on iTunes. Ooh, we're on iTunes. <laughs> so fancy. We have a really not great picture up. We'll figure that we'll out. We'll figure that out. So, yeah, you can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, on Podbean. I have submitted us to Pandora and Google. Um, you can also listen to a select um, variety of our podcasts on my website. But please like and share and, you know, reach out to us if there's something that you want to hear. Um, but we have kind of hit all our benchmarks for the goals that we wanted to set uh, for year two. On fire! We are so, so grateful. Um, and we hope that you enjoy what you're listening to and definitely tune in for us again. Thank you.